All right. Welcome to the top of the head. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> What's up, Mikey? Yeah. This this is um it's it's now I've got the control behind my behind my fingertips and it, it feels awesome. This is our first uh podcast test with the Roadcaster Pro and um yeah, I don't it's it's nice. It's a you got one more day of year 2021 and yeah, it's great nice to to connect with you guys. You just got our yeah. care package full of goodies. We did. We just opened up. We got a, a surprise present in the mail yesterday, delivered DHL, like the the good Germans do. <laughs> we want to keep that. Showed up in our garage, and I was like, oh, what's this? We opened all our presents already. We already started putting our stuff away, even, <laughs> and like rearranging. And I was like, oh, one more present. So we got a gift package full of chocolates treats and all sorts of german goodies even though roberta and i just decided that we're gonna do no sugar next month so we got to get it all in in the next two days just, yeah, binge. <laughs> that's good <laughs> yeah so we just um you're you're in wisconsin right now aren't you yeah so we came my dad has his birthday on um the 31st of december so he was not ready to to travel to us for Christmas, and so we just said, "Okay, we're gonna." We still wanted to set up the tradition now that we have our house there and be at home. And Teresa's sister's back with her little baby, and it was yeah. So we celebrated Christmas at home, and then flew over on the twenty sixth, so we could be here with my dad for his birthday. And then everyone's got to get back to school on the first, but I'll stay a little bit longer. And yeah. I can see in the background. Are you in your childhood bedroom? Oh, that was going to be my question. <laughs> yeah. yep, this I is can the still office. see the little tack marks on the ceiling from the posters that you had plastered from wall yeah. to ceiling. Yeah, there, there was public enemy and iced tea with it hang like with his mug shot, you know, yeah. with chained yeah. up. Still the same color, but there's less less iced tea and um, Run yeah. DMC posters on now the wall. Just pictures of children, the boys and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So we only we're we're at new record. We're doing two podcasts in two months, Mike. You can you believe it? Yeah, we can, now we can say this is the number four. Yeah, we got one in once a quarter. Once but, a quarter. No, I'm, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's cool. You know, now my son, now Mika was like just giving me crap because he's just eating a lot of bad food here and consuming too much media. <laughs> hanging around he's just like no he's like no one's listening to your podcast i'm like i'm like yeah but you know i'm just getting together with adam and roberta you know and that that then he has nothing to say to that no one's listening to your podcast what a sick burn my Mika. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right so we have a guest today which is perfect considering that we talked about her for about a quarter of the last podcast way too much too right roberta much. Well too deserved. much so my lovely wife is our guest today from the Guide on the Side podcast. Welcome. Hi, Roberta. Hi. I can't say I'm the first girl guest, though, because technically Amanda was the first girl guest. Oh, yeah. And Angel. Yeah, Amanda. Can't say Angel. I'm the prettiest either. She's smoking hot. So, <laughs> jeez, what do I got to offer today? <laughs> Hilarious. Well, now you have two redheads on your si- on oh, both God. of your sides. So <laughs> Here that's we go. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Double trouble. Double trouble. <laughs> Ginger sandwich. I think that's called an oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> <laughs> this went south real fast. 
Yeah, Roberta and her gingerbread men. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we were just talking about how we got a special surprise from the Marionics yesterday in the mail from DHL. We got a nice box of chocolates and every kind of German treat for Christmas. And Roberta and I are going off sugar next week. So next week. Perfect timing. Like in two days. <laughs> in two days. We have to so eat we, all of it. We have to eat all of it. We'll, we'll get it done. Mikey. There's one healthy thing in there. Teresa is really excited about it. What? Yeah, wait, what it's was that? It's Corbis kernel. Ah, <laughs> it's yeah. a pumpkin seed oil. Pumpkin seed oil, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, Mike one... apparently eats it on ice cream. Yeah, we went to some <clears throat> restaurant where Theresia used to work. Like, she was actually started at, what you know, washing tables. But later on, not washing tables, uh, washing <laughs> dishes and stuff. But later on, then we would tra translate the menus. Um, yeah. And then every, like you know, once a quarter or something, we would have this amazing dinner and stuff. And that was one of the desserts, just like vanilla ice cream with little pumpkin seeds on there. And then this green Kerbis oil, you know, from the green Aikido, because the, those seeds are green. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's so delicious. It's just a nice kind of sweet and hearty, but it's hearty. great. Yeah, it's hearty hard. ice cream <laughs> sounds like a German. <laughs> well, I mean, like if you, you know, like a walnut, walnut ice cream or, you know, it's, it's right. it, it makes sense. So you should try it. We will. It sounds well, good. Adam will. I don't know. That, that seems too adventurous for me. <laughs> Pumpkin seed oil is good. It yeah, should be good true. on salads and everything. Okay. Too. This exactly. is not a cooking podcast, though. It is not a cooking podcast. But let's not get distracted. <laughs> or just cooking beets, fresh beets and rice. Just cooking yes. beets. Yep. That is correct. Are we going to cook beets today with me, though? Will yeah. there be some beet cooking? There's some beet cooking. All right. It's going to happen. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> fresh. Fresh, fresh. Yes. <laughs> Cute. Wait, so, I'm yeah. not the one that's cooking the beets, though, right? <laughs> no, you don't have no, to cook the beets. I'm pretty sure I also, the last time the I was a quote-unquote guest on this podcast, I made a verbal commitment to something that I did not fulfill. Are we going to talk about the elephant in the room? called the boogeyman the boogeyman yeah okay. yeah you didn't you're right you never I did totally, that totally was absent from my mind yeah let's hear oh, about good. it oh <laughs> good <I'm laughs> yeah i did commit to writing on that song and then i conveniently didn't so i don't want to make any commitments today <laughs> yeah don't but let's we we can talk about underneath the the Christmas tree on my end was this Roadcaster Pro, you know, mixer, and we're really trying to streamline the process. We talked a lot about it on the last podcast of like ways that um, we could just kind of show the process of the, making the song and and not make that so precious. So maybe maybe there's a chance to to make that happen again, um, you know, on this new one. It was funny being at my dad's house. You know, I've been looking around, and you guys can see this. I found these mini discs inside a hole. I was looking for a special cable to play it, and I I was, like, digging through this big thing of, of all these cables, and I was like, yes, I can use this. But then if you look at the other end, it's just frayed wires. So I couldn't plug it in. But I it, I was listening to these this mini disc recording, and I, like, early 2000, and it was like you heard the rain and puddles kind of just collecting on – I don't know, I must have been at school in Milwaukee and, and then I just started like trying to beatbox to it and sometimes I'd get close to the mic and then go away and I was like, oh, this is super cool. <laughs> and it just kind of, the sound took me back to like, yeah, I think I remember being there. Like, you know, you could really visualize that thing. So I wanted to play that for today, but 
maybe we can just use that as something else too and add it, it to the song like and and maybe we can do some stuff with your cello Roberta. that's a great segue into how i typically start my podcast episodes which is like a little moment of mindfulness so maybe that could be a lead into one of my podcasts in the future your little puddle <laughs> collection yeah. But we do have to kind of take, if you're going to have me as a guest, we're going to go full send. So you're okay, in your childhood then, bedroom. Like, do you, I have to ask for consent. Like, do you have the bandwidth <laughs> to go full send today? Yeah. For the both of you? <laughs> Adam thinks he's going to get out of this, but he's <laughs> yes. not. <laughs> no, I have full send. Full send. You have full send. <clears throat> wait, 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 wait. Full send means consent? Full send. Yeah. No, like the the bandwidth is the Going consent. Going all in. Like, are, yeah. do you have the yeah. emotional and mental capacity in this time and place to really be present and yeah. kind of honor what comes out of your heart as you speak? Because if you don't, like when you listen to things and you're like, oh, that was great advice. But if, you're, if your heart's like not ready to accept it, it it doesn't land where it's supposed to land so i i guess like asking so when you go to therapy they basically like ask for your consent right like are you do you want to do this and yeah. to me it's it, like asking someone's consent kind of sounds a little skeevy so <laughs> i'd like to just posture it as like do you have the bandwidth for this right now okay and when you yeah. go into a conversation with somebody that you want to like get heavy in this conversation, you have something to kind of like unload. It is like respectful. It's it's a an opportunity for you to have some empathy for that person and and say like, are you here right now? Can you can you handle this right now? And can you go full send with me like all the way in? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that's that's good because sometimes you're just kind of like, well, let's not waste each other's time. You know, we can do that when we're re both ready. But for sure. But I totally got ready today. <clears throat> you know, for me, I think my the the biggest issue is when I got hang ups or I kind of get myself into places where I feel anxious is when there's people and I'm I'm worried about them. And I notice too, like even during the gift giving season, I'm so concerned about. Even if other people like other people's gifts that they gave them and I'm trying to like set up opportunities Why it makes sense that they sent that gift and where it could be, you know, like and, and even and I It's not my thing to worry about, you know, and but like so today to go full send Like I just said, hey, you guys there's a bunch of errands you can do Milan wanted to go to a couple secondhand shopping and look for clothes and stuff and you guys go out there at 12, I want to do this podcast. And then I even had the bandwidth to think about, okay, if this goes longer, if there's technical difficulties, you guys, you guys take um, the, the, this presence to our friends and maybe we can just meet up there. Here's the address, see where you're at. And then if it's faster for you to go there, then I can drive. So I'm totally just, you know, here and I'm not worried about what, what are people listening to in the other room? Or are they going to come in or, do, you know, they need my help. So yeah, let's, let's go. Good. Thank you. <laughs> so with that, um, Roberta's podcast called Guide on the Side um, centers around the Enneagram, right? For for better. For, I mean, loosely, yeah. Loosely. But what I wanted to ask you, which <clears throat> I don't know if I've even asked you just. Me or Mike? Yeah, you. Okay. Between the two of us, when did you first start, like where did you discover the Enneagram? How did that come about? There's going to be so many Enneagram like 
experts. I'm not an expert in, in anything. Um, and it's kind of a hot button topic. And like there's there's a whole plethora of like Enneagram memes that exist on the Internet. And they're very like shallow and, and typical and not giving justice to the depth and breadth of the Enneagram. And so that's why there's so many like Enneagram experts that are upset by these things like these memes. Um, but it would like started with a meme. And then to give a shout out to an old podcaster, um, I have a former student's parent who um, was the host of a podcast called the selfie podcast. The selfie podcast still exists. Um, she's no longer part of the selfie podcast, but she, her and her podcast partner brought it up on their podcast. And it was like, this is an interesting thing. I mean, I've also kind of been like, a child of psychology and like into like the Briggs Myers. If you guys don't know what that is, that's like your, your INFJ, like your letter um, personality trait. And like, that's like a true personality test, a true right? personality test. Yeah. And like, I guess like when I look at our kid now, she's really into like Buzzfeed quizzes. Like we had those as kids growing up, they were in like teen magazines or like mm-hmm. Cosmo teen. And it was like, what's your, whatever, you know, like little quizzes and stuff were always, and as a teacher, like, obviously I love to be tested and be more knowledgeable. Um, but as far as like the Enneagram goes, it was a more accessible path to self-discovery. Um, that was universal, you know, it, for those of you that don't know anything or much about the Enneagram, um, you can go and listen to my podcast, but, (laughs) uh, it's based on kind of like nine, personality truths. I'm not going to call them personality traits because we have all nine types um, within us at all times. Um, But they're kind of truths, universal truths about who we are as people. And I found this really like kind of fascinating just as a teacher. I deal with so many different kinds of kids and their parents and administration and just people in general. Um, The teachers are kind of the jack of all trades, master of none in that they have to know how to deal with so many people. And as a self-proclaimed introvert, people are not really my thing. (laughs) So it was more of a chance to learn about how to deal with people, but also how to deal like with yourself. There's a lot of like, a lot of people go into the Enneagram just wanting to like loosely know about themselves, but more about like, okay, how can I identify or how can I like label other people to better deal with them? When in actuality, the more that you can like identify who you are, you can be better equipped to communicating with other people. So, because it's really not something that like you just take this test and you're like, okay, this is who I am and this is who I'm always going to be. No, and right? you shouldn't. You sh- there are people that are like that. They're like, well, I'm just a seven, full send. That's how I'm going to be. Um, and you shouldn't be. That I really am a student of philosophy in that we are all nine types. And knowing your predominant type is really important because it it helps you see how you view the world. But knowing all these other intricacies about yourself is also important because that's how the world views you or that's how you deal with conflict or that's how you find ways to get your needs met and things like that. Um, I think it's interesting that like a lot of it really can be boiled down to like nine basics, nine essentials, which is nice as a teacher. It's like bing, bang, boom, just give me a tool. And so through this process of kind of the Enneagram and self-discovery on top of being a teacher led the way to what I am passionate about, which is teaching people about stuff that I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, But also like 
giving resources and giving tools for people to use this stuff on the daily, not just this ethereal idea of like, yeah, I'm doing the work. I'm doing my self-healing work, but how can I actually, what does that look like on a Tuesday afternoon? Um, and that's really where Guide on the Side kind of came from. And would you say that it's more geared towards, well, obviously being a teacher because you use it in your classroom with, with both students, like you said, and with parents, right, for interactions. Yeah. Would you say that it's like more geared toward teachers or can anyone use it? I mean, I want it to be more universal. I don't want it to be just a teacher podcast or a teacher resource. Okay. Um, and in one of my most recent episodes, I kind of talk about that, how like even as parents, we are teachers. You are the frontline teacher to your child. You don't even have to be a parent, though, to be a frontline person to a child or to a human. Right. Um, humans are humans, whether they're small humans or large humans. Um, an aunt can still be a teacher and you can have a neighbor and still be a teacher and people doing your basic job. So like I don't work in an office setting, but there are so many opportunities for using these kinds of tools to better understand yourself and better communicate with the people that you have to cooperate with or collaborate with on a daily basis. Right. So not just for teachers. Yeah. And I yeah. think, yeah, or, ahead, Roberta, it was nice, you know, just listening to your podcast, I, I felt like, wow, that's a great approach. And it, it opened up my um, accessibility to who I would share it with because, you know, whether it's, you know, someone who just had a baby or kids with toddlers or kids with teenagers or just friends and it, we all can build that empathy with each other. And that's that was really interesting to me when I was in Omaha, Nebraska, and you said, oh, there's this guy that was kind of your, you kind of dug deeper into the Enneagram. Yeah, and then when so. I went to his website, I it, it kind of opened up something that wasn't obvious to me of how many like religious kind of spiritual ways that they say, you know, these are the nine different ways to God. And, and like, and I was like, Oh, wow, that's, that's, I had no idea for me. It was kind of just like, I love that. Oh, here are these pathways and how we connect. And when, when you came to visit us into the, the summer of 2019 mm -hmm. and we were talking out on the balcony and like, you know, what kind of number Adam is. And for Theresia, I forgot exactly what she is, but it, it just, it's so remarkable and exciting. It's kind of like, Oh wow, that's that's how we connect on that level, and I think just having um, these little descriptors, like it's not a label for someone. Like that person has this disability or that or or this, mm -hmm. you know. Like it's a descriptor, so you have to read more into it, you know, from the for situation sure. you have. And I I love your approach to that, to saying that we, you know, it's just the starting point of how to communicate. And I think, yeah, we can, we can all benefit from that from our colleagues or our parents. And that's, it's just a great guide to be on the side of anyone. Yeah. Um, I, I can't take full credit for the term guide on the side. It actually came from a Montessori thing, which I talked about in my um, podcast oh, really? about, yeah, that, Maria Montessori, I mean, 150 years ago, kind of invents or perfects this level of education for small children where she truly feels it. And in the world of education, you're taught for a long part of classical education is like that back to like Socrates and Plato, their students were just empty vessels. They're called tabula rasa. And this idea of like, we as a teacher have to crack their head open, pour in our knowledge, and then now they're a smart person. And that's not true. Like we all learn from our experience. And 
instead of being the sage on stage, which is really who Socrates was, um, we should be guides on the side. We should be there to to help people along their own path, but not be the driving factor in how they experience the world. Right. And so that's, to me, why this is a more universal truth as opposed to um, something specific is that like we are all are guiding each other in so many ways, people that you interact with on a daily basis, but also yourself, like being a guide to yourself and like w- kind of as Ramdas says, like walking yourself home. Um, there's a lot of hangups. There's a lot of like issues in the world of the Enneagram um, about what Mike said about like its aspect of spirituality. I, I really toe the line carefully in terming it spirituality uh, there are some great, very gifted experts in the world of the Enneagram. Chris Hewitt's is one of them. He's based out of Omaha. Richard Rohr. Um, yeah. And he's a student of Richard Rohr, who is a, a Catholic priest. I think he's a bishop or a cardinal or something Franciscan. like that. Franciscan. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, friar? Right. I think he's a friar. Yeah. yeah. He is like the end all be all expert of the Enneagram, but it is within the vein of like organized Christian religion mm-hmm. that for me personally is kind of difficult where I do look at it more in a Eastern philosophy or a Buddhist sense of it being a pathway, as Mike said, that just like Buddhism is the pathway to enlightenment. Mm. The Enneagram is a pathway into deeper self-discovery, but also a pathway of how to better collaborate, collaborate and communicate with people in your life or people that you're going to experience. And And that we're all of those things at the same time that we are all one which is very like um, ethereal or like agnostic approach of like we're all just stardust, as Neil deGrasse Tyson says. Well, yeah, it's a very that's a very like stoner sentence. Yeah, we're all <laughs> we're all just stardust, but it's true. I mean, I think Mike, when you were saying about the um, labeling, you know, labeling things or labeling people, I think we've had we've always had a version of that like in our in our lives, and we've just like built upon it you know over time like think about like when we were younger well not even built upon but it becomes the script right of like it's your foundation when you receive that right 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 well think about like when you would used to say things like oh she's so type a Mm -hmm. like that's such an old way of it sounds old to say that but we all know what that means you know what i mean but it's the same kind of thing but i think for me it actually does help it helps label things in the way that you label a feeling Right. So like in the sense of it's a lot easier for you and I to communicate knowing these numbers and our patterns and everything versus before. Because if like we see each other going down that pattern, we can call it out and there's a there's something to attach itself to instead of just saying like you're being an idiot or you're being an asshole. Like you can just say like. I see you or like, you know what I mean? Right. Like well, even no- just to the sense of where before we got on this podcast, like <laughs> one of my triggers about buying stuff that and not telling Roberta about is I bought a new computer and she was like, Mike made a comment like, oh, is that because you got your new Mac mini? And she's like, what? You got a new Mac mini? And that's such a big trigger for me because I, I want her to feel safe and like me buying something and not telling her like is a trigger. And, and like it, it did sent me on this, you know, and she just kind of looked at me and I could like, okay, get over it. Like, I know what you're doing right now. You know what I mean? But that's, that's a a true moment. It's it's a valid point too. And and you're just kind of upset with yourself, you know, in that, in that time. Yeah. 
in the world of psychology, we call that giving it a label. It's like when, like, even in, I, I mean, I teach, I currently teach sixth graders, but I've taught everybody from like ages two to 18. And there's like a whole song about like, stop, name your feelings. Mm -hmm. And that's really important because especially when you're dealing with emotionally immature people, I, and that's of any age that can be a kid that can be an adult that's emotionally immature when you don't have the vocabulary or the language to identify what's what you're feeling or what's happening. And I think that 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 label is important because it it Mm -hmm. gives us the opportunity to kind of like, I'm putting this down on paper. I'm making this a real thing as opposed to kind of a green monster on my shoulder. Right. And, but not succumbing to that label. And I think that's a a really big issue that I talk about a lot on my podcasts and that I do a lot of personal work on is um, because I work with kids and dealing with the labels of education, which is really difficult. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, every year I have a larger subset of students who are labeled as ADHD or ADHD without hyperactivity or, um, on the spectrum, the autism spectrum or whatever. And I think in our, back in the 1900s, when we were growing up, (laughs) as my students like to say in the late (laughs) 1900s, um, when we got the label and I can't say we, because I never received that label, but I know that Mike has and growing up seeing like, Oh, that kid's just ADHD or ADD. Mm -hmm. And that label became your identity. And it it was like the scarlet letter. And I think that that's why the scarlet letter still resonates today is because Mm -hmm. we've all felt that, that label of identification. And then you're not allowed to break out of that label Mm -hmm. as the same as like you said, being a type a person. Right. I, I'm a type A person. And, and we have that cultural understanding of like what that means, what that right. term means. Right. Um, but it doesn't always feel good. Mm. I don't want to always be seen as a type A person. And right. so kind of removing the scarlet letter is the first step in self-discovery and, and re-identification. Yeah, it's the same way as so many kids being identified as, well, back then it was just ADD, not ADHD. Right. But yeah. Don't you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, it's, it's, for me, I, that's, it manifested just thinking about that as, yeah, it's a description, you know, and the description is the way in, and a label seems to be, like, stamped over it, you know, right. that the label has more weight than the, mm-hmm. the image of the, the person behind it, you know what I mean? And so I almost see it as a moment, not a label. It's a yeah. moment that has manifested from a pattern. So it's like, there's a pattern that we all have. We all have one, mm-hmm. like in or many patterns and like it, they spark up. But I think, yeah, when you label it, it's like, that's that person. That's exactly who they are versus just saying like, Oh, look at them going through that thing right now. Yeah. You know what and I mean? Allowing them allowing to, kind it of to happen through that. Right. 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 For sure. I remember, so, yeah, I, I mean, I remember just, or, even being being here today with this new piece of equipment that allows things to more stably just kind of run, even though it's complex, you know, that empowers me to be calm. And it, it was enjoyable to see you get flustered at them and be like, Oh, it's so calm. And, and to know that, Hey, sometimes when you are a person who's trying to add on all the time, you know, like having a great, stable foundation and maybe that equipment costs more or it's a a more robust computer or you pay for the extra terabyte, you know, because 
you have that privilege to do that, you know, like then, like I said it when, when I got my new Mac Pro in 2013, I'm like, this computer lets me be more me. Like I can do more things and try to put on more effects or try to try different things and add mm -hmm. more camera angles and stuff. And, and it's just without, without it being a hindrance. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, I, yeah, we should <laughs> I love we this. do it. All this is a great segue because, um, for so many reasons, I don't, like, I don't even know where to begin. So for your listeners, like Mike is a very, uh, typical type seven on the Enneagram, like an Enneagram type seven. And you are robust and full of life and you want to contribute and collaborate and you're looking for like an endless fountain of freedom. And that can be so um, debilitating in so many ways and kind of turn you into a zombie in your own path. But when you've worked through a lot of those um, typical behaviors and, and learned how to kind of like steer the dragon in the direction you want it to go, you can find more calm in your life. And you're, you aren't constantly seeking this identity of freedom. You don't feel like you're bound to something because you have this like anchor that isn't weighing you down the way that other things might weigh you down. And so for you to say like, I felt so much more calm because of this thing, it actually shows a lot of growth on your path. And you've, you've leaned into other Enneagram types and kind of released some of the shadows of type seven. So congratulations to Mike on doing some deep work. <laughs> Man, nice. what, what I was thinking when you were saying that is, <clears throat> you know, you're talking about me getting flustered for a change instead of you. And so the reason that I wasn't prepared, like, technology wise, like we had some issues with the microphones and like I had, I got a new computer, but it's because I was doing full send two-ness this morning yeah. because I, I was in this room re mixing the beat that I want you to freestyle over, making sure that you were properly set up and like making you were set up, sure you were set up for success. So I wasn't focused on the stuff that affected me. So that's exactly, mm -hmm. I was doing exactly what I always Which do. Which unfortunately is, that's the shadow side of two, is like you're, you're constantly um, minimizing yourself or creating situations for you to be helpful, to lean into right. the shadow work of like, being the helper and and setting someone else up for success constantly at your own personal expense. But then realizing the consequence of that was your own unpreparedness or whatever technical difficulties of life and how that makes you feel so small afterwards. And the process of not only naming that feeling, but then recognizing like, was it worth it? Was those extra minutes for someone else worth the multiple minutes that it took away from yourself in the end. We'll decide when we hear the beat later on. <laughs> yeah, no, thank, thank you, Adam. Thank you for doing that. And that's um, like for me to look back and reflect on, maybe that's the idea of the seven is because I'm, I'm so in tune with all these things. Like how is my dad feeling at this moment? How's my family doing? You know, the boys, like who am I going to visit while I'm here? You know, I should spend time at home or, okay, I got to do a podcast. I'm not going to feel good when people are in, the house or listening, you yeah. know, like, so I tried to arrange those things and that took me a long time too, where Adam's kind of like, okay, you know, when do you think the best time is going to do it? And, and I had to really, 
you know, bite the bullet and say, okay, this is the time, there's an opportunity there, but it took a little, I should, I could have planned that out a little bit better, you know, and then th- that might've mitigated more time for Adam to, to have it ready. So True, think- but you also should allow yourself the opportunity to say like, like feel that dopamine because like you showed up at 10 o'clock on the dot. And I even made a comment of like, oh my God, 10 o'clock, Mike is here because for the last 15 years, it would be like looking at the clock waiting on Mike. And so the fact that like you're really turning a corner, like you should give yourself that dopamine hit of like, hey, I did this thing. I made this commitment and I showed up. I showed up ready and like emotionally ready, mentally ready, like physically prepared those are big deals. You can always play the shoulda, woulda, coulda game, but that's not going for you as a seven as, and as for someone, I mean, newsflash, Mike has ADHD in case nobody knows, <laughs> but for someone who battles ADHD, like that's a really big deal because that's the chemical component that's going to get you through the rest of your day of like oh, the pride of I did this thing and it, it seems so insignificant or what you feel as this is probably so insignificant to normal people. But to me, this was a big deal. And it's, it is a big deal. And I want to honor that because those are big steps. Yeah. Thank you. But I think it's funny too, Mike, that like, <laughs> I, I know, I know your headspace cause I've lived in it for 20 some years, but you know, the, the text that I sent like saying like, Hey, when do you think is a good time? And you saying, okay, 10 tomorrow. And then I saying me saying, cool, like that interaction on my end, um, it, there was no stress involved. I was just like, okay, 10 tomorrow. I found out the night before we're going to do it tomorrow at 10. Okay, cool. But I know for you, there's like a book full of information yeah. behind that whole exchange. Like it just, there, it wasn't there for me though. Which so, is so, inter- interesting so is it interesting for you to, to, re- to, to, to know that, yeah, to remember that I have that I mean, listen, wait, I woke up today at 6 a.m. from a nightmare that's constantly happening. It's a different place, different setting. But like I'm always in kind of a high school or a college, not getting the work done, you know, like talking to the teacher, like (laughs) trying to buy myself more time or live off this borrowed time, you know, and like and I woke up and I'm just like, yeah, I, I. Teresa kind of woke up later the, the sun started to come through and then I was just like man I need I just want to simplify those things I I, I want to be free from that whatever it is whether it's a friend that says hey do you want to visit me <laughs> on this time or oh man yeah. it's yeah or I I I, I want to work on that and I know that I should not be taking that into my dream space and it means something really significant that it's still there. You know? For sure. I think like I, um, as a person of like an indigenous background, so I come from like the Cherokee nation. Um, I do think that there's a lot of power in our dreams and obviously like psychologists, that's like their whole jam is like, what are you dreaming about is really what's part of your subconscious. And the Ojibwe people really honestly believe that like when you go to sleep, your soul travels away. And so when we go to these situations in our dreams, it's our soul's opportunity to try to like um, have a second chance. And that's why the the feeling of deja vu actually happens is because we've actually been there before. And so as upsetting or anxiety driven as those dreams might be, 
think of them as opportunities to fix it of like, oh, that's still there. The shadow work is still there. And it's something like you said, I want to keep working on. It's going to, it's, it takes time though. <laughs> you know, it takes like a lot of like longevity to, um, to make the dream stop, but identifying it, labeling it is the first step. Well, I think labeling it and also giving yourself, like she said, giving yourself the dopamine hit about what happened is actually what helps you grow through it mm-hmm. because you're, you're, you're identifying the growth versus just identifying a problem. You know what I mean? What? That's such a two thing to say <laughs> to be so optimistic about it. Okay. So before we get too far, I feel like I need to maybe Explain give the like the rundown because like your listeners are not my listeners yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get more mimosas. And then okay. You- well, I'm going to give the rundown. So goodbye. Um, <laughs> so the <laughs> the Enneagram, like I said, is based on kind of like nine basic types or basic traits. Um, I recently, by recently, I mean last night, I read this 300-page book last night that I got um, by Beatrice Chestnut. So for people who are interested in going like deeper into these things, Beatrice Chestnut is like a guru in the world of Enneagram. She wrote like an Enneagram Bible. I mean, it's like 500 pages. It's super thick. But this newest one that she wrote is called... The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up. Find your path, face your shadow, and discover your true self. And I feel like it is a great, for me, it was a quick read, um, but it it was a great kind of like primer to like, how do I get going? And like, and what are the tools? And for Guide on the Side podcast, that's my whole gig. It's like, here's the topic or the situation. Here are the tools to practice tomorrow. So um, for those of you that are interested, Um, it's a nine basic types. It's kind of this geometric shape, I guess, is, is a, like a nine pointed star, um, is a a visual that is often associated with the Enneagram. And so I'm just going to kind of go around the wheel, so to speak, starting with number one. Um, number one is typically called the reformer. And I'm, I'm actually going to quote this Beatrice Chestnut book because I think she wrote it so beautifully. The reformer is a very polite, rule following zombie because as a zombie (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's great right like we're we're asleep to reality zombies are don't know what is reality anymore and so um the reformer like they they're very type a if we're going to use that language um they they are perfectionists i would say they're also like a perfectionist zombie but um rule following being the high side. Our daughter is definitely a type one. Um, and then we have the type two, which is typically what Adam identifies as. Type two is called the helper. Um, and in all senses of the term, uh, Beatrix calls them a very friendly, generous, helpful zombie. So they're really kind of asleep to their own um, emotions, but they're so helpful and they will like fall down on fire for you. Um, the type three is the achiever. Um, sometimes known as the overachiever, and they are a very successful, attractive, impressive zombie. And so when you think of high-profile people, people in the media um, typically identify as type threes, a lot of actors, um, a lot of just like business people, um, like Jeff Bezos is like a hard three. Um, The type four <laughs> is the sometimes they're called the individualist, sometimes they're called the artist, sometimes they're called the romantic, which is kind of like all encompassing. 
Um, they are a very authentic emotional zombie. And so we see a lot of musicians and artists that identify as type four, that they're just like craving uniqueness, um, but also like really feeling their feels all the time. Um, I am a type five. That's the next one. It is the observer. It's sometimes called the investigator. I would say I'm probably more observer than I am investigator. Um, I am a private, self-contained, quiet zombie in the fact that we often retreat into our own knowledge. Um, we're sometimes identified as the Grinch, <laughs> which I, I'm yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Um, in or that just you said kind that, of like, that light, it was a light read, that 300 pages. That, it was night. a light read for me. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, the Grinch, it's hard for me to swallow when people call me the Grinch, but... It is really true. Um, we're, we're quite withholding of our emotions just because we're super shy and insecure. <laughs> um, the, moving on, the type six <laughs> is called the loyalist. Um, they are known as an intensely cautious, hardworking, security-minded zombie. And my mom is a real deep type six. Mm -hmm. These are the people that have like plan A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. They're the zombie apocalypse preppers. They know every fastest route to the hospital. They've already pre-planned their death that it's, they're, they're really afraid of a lot of things in life. Um, and then we move to seven, which is Mike. That's the enthusiast. Sometimes it's called the adventurer. And this is a very happy, fun, loving zombie. And they're actually the hardest balloon to pin down as far as the Enneagram goes. Um, they will avoid emotion, bad emotions at all costs to only seek dopamine influencing emotions. And I recently read um, a statistic that people who you know use the Enneagram for identification purposes of the type sevens, two thirds of all type sevens have either been labeled or suffer from ADHD symptoms, wow. which I think is like fascinating yeah. as a psychologist that like that these two are so t closely tied together, but then also looking at like the work that could be done for a type seven, could that help manage a lot of these um, ADHD like symptoms and, and triggers and traits? Eight. This was my dad. This is a tough one for me. Um, the eight is a challenger or the asserter. Um, Beatrice calls them a forceful, unstoppable, unapproachable zombie. And they're, they're my, like, they're the Yeti in the world of the five. Um, they're really assertive and, uh, can, they're typically like make their bodies bigger. Like, you know how there's like Napoleon complex mm -hmm. where like you want to be your small dog and you want to be seen as a big dog. That would be the eight. <laughs> Um, and then the last one around the circle is the nine and they're what Ryan O'Neill is called. They're like the perfect type, even though, even though they're not. So the type nine is called the peacekeeper, sometimes called the peacemaker. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that those two verbs are really important, whether you're making the peace or keeping the peace depends on kind of like where you're sitting in the situation. Um, she calls them a very peaceful, easygoing, comfort-loving zombie. And they're kind of like 
they're the pinnacle of the triangle that's created in the Enneagram um, symbol, but they're also kind of like all of the above. So like when you're thinking like a multiple choice question on a test, they are all of the above. They're the true shapeshifter. So like a three can be a shapeshifter or like a chameleon in the room, but the nine is the true shapeshifter. They will completely change their personality or their emotions or, or their like physical appearance just to keep people safe and happy to avoid conflict Mm. at at every cost. And then like, obviously we're like, we're all of those things. So as you hear me, like say those things, you're like, I'm a little bit of that. I'm a little bit of that because we are all nine types and we're different types or we we exhibit different types um, around different people Mm -hmm. um, in different situations, whether that be like your work type versus like your at home type or your spousal type Um, there have even been people like, so as a teacher, we have, uh, we have a lot of fun with seating charts because they're really difficult to do. And I'm sure you can remember as students of like getting assigned a seat for a reason. And it might've been near the front by the teacher because (laughs) you couldn't stop talking (laughs) or you had the only single seat because you would talk to anybody that you sat next to. (laughs) And so We've had a lot of fun as teachers of like trying to use the Enneagram and also using like Zodiac science as like mm-hmm. making seating charts of like who should sit by each other. And I do it constantly and it always works. So just listening yes. to the numbers, it's funny because like <clears throat> the numbers that stand out for me and let me, I guess I'll pose this to you as a question. Knowing that I'm a two, the other numbers that seem to be like who I would most typically gravitate towards. As far as like friends or friends, partners? not partners, okay. like friends, friends are just people to hang out with would be obviously seven Mike and also nine. So like mm-hmm. two, seven and nine seem like the most logical ones I would gravitate because mm-hmm. they have the most similar traits. Right. You know what I mean? But like you and I, but are they really similar? Because when you think about that, so the seven wants to have fun and that's why you want to be around them because they're optimistic like a two. Mm. And the nines are the shapeshifters and they want to make everybody happy so like, the totally like the two. Yeah. So really the seven is the, the cruise captain and the twos and the nines are just along for the ride because okay. it makes everybody want to be there and feel like part of the team. Isn't that like so interesting? That is interesting. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. And then like, but like the, even the, even the numbers you're describing, like when you described the, um, which one's your dad again? The eight, the eight right? The yeah. The that challenger. Makes sense. That makes sense why you would be a five as the oldest, um, yeah. sibling, you know, like you, you fed off that. Right. And your mom was kind of just, going along and like making the plans and yeah it's it's interesting because my dad was an eight um and and i would call in emotionally immature eight um that he had like a really rough life there's a lot of reasons as to why he became an eight and honestly most eights become eights in their small childhood it's because they've been Mm. forced to raise themselves and so I have a lot of like heart bandwidth for eights because I feel sad for them. Like it's not their fault that, that they had to grow up so young. Um, but my mom being a six made a lot of sense because she was the protector and she kind of protected us from him sometimes. And me as a five wing four, um, 
you know, I, I just retreated into myself. I, I wasn't understood in my household. So I just dove into books yeah. and that was my way to like fly below the radar so that I, I wasn't in a position of, um, pain or fear because fives and sixes have a, a lot to fear. And which was interesting because then when my sister came along and, and I don't know, my, I view my sister as a three, but she might identify as something else. She is like a, a high achieving person and, and likes attention and likes to be really successful in her life. And threes and eights often are friends because they are kind of like full charge, like let's be at the front of the battlefield type people in different ways. The threes want the recognition or kind of like the spotlight, but the eights are doing it because they're almost um, battling for other people. So when I say a five wing free three, four, excuse me, maybe I should talk about that too. Like when you look at the Enneagram and, and we talk about, we have, we have all nine types, but sometimes we kind of gravitate towards, like you said, some other um, similarities or personality traits and some of the other types. And so when you look at the circle, um, there are purists about this who are like, you, you can only be only one. Be one. Mm. Then there are purists who are like, you can only be one with a wing and your wing has to come directly next to it. So like if I'm a five, mm. it has to be a six or a seven or excuse me, a six or a four. Mm. Then there are people like me who are like, you're all the stuff. You're yeah. just different. You're wearing different costumes at different sure. times. And to me, those are the more interesting kind of labels that we put on them. The so wings. the wings. Yeah. Mm. So if you're thinking about like, like here, we'll use Mike as an example. So like Mike is the adventurer or the enthusiast. So if Mike is a seven mm -hmm. with a wing of six, which is like the protector, they're known as the pathfinder. Like they want to adventure, but they know the route. They're the ones who are like the boy scouts of the world. And I'm an Eagle, I'm an Eagle scout and I still <laughs> love using my GPS more than my phone because of the way the displays, yeah, met, you know, like I, you're right. And I, I think about that, like I can think about me planning a route or the shoot. I like to be there the day ahead, you know? I mean, I like yeah. to be by myself to go out and, and find the paths, find the buildings I can go into and shoot mm -hmm. from that window and, and show the the scene or the construction. Right. And yeah. That's, that's you, you almost see the world like topographically. You see it from the top, like a bird's eye view of the world. Um, because you're, you're, you specifically as a seven are not necessarily looking for danger. You're looking for adventure. You're looking for like, what's going to be the next cool thing. You could also be a seven wing eight, which is called the opportunist. And so I think in your business life, just me knowing you for a while, you probably are more of that of like, who, who can I meet and who can I talk to that will lead to my next adventure or my next thing down the line? You know what I mean? And so our wings Definitely. actually help us in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you collect contacts like patches on a biker jacket, basically, <laughs> to you. No, like patches on an Eagle Scout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Merit badges. <laughs> badges. <clears throat> yeah. That's... You're, you're doing a lot of writing. I'm really but it's also, yeah. intrigued what you're writing about. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just... Taking notes? Yeah. Damn. Taking notes in class. We are we are looking good today. <laughs> Adam, do you want to know what yours are? Yeah. Okay. So Adam's a two, obviously. Yep. Um, obviously. <laughs> obviously. The two 
wing one, so remember mm. the one is like the reformer, the perfectionist, yep. um, is known as the companion. So like the two wing one is there to like help out everybody and like, oh, let me help you follow the rules and do the dishes and clean your car and get gas. And, and Sounds those, familiar. Yeah, yes, yes. That's basically like our whole life. <laughs> the two wing three is called the host. And so the host wants to make sure that everybody's having fun at the party and that everyone's drinks are filled and that everyone's taken care of. Also sounds familiar. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably more of your yeah, work probably. life. You're, you're strong two, three, but like at work, like you, you're the host at work. You want to make right. sure that the client is cared for and, and taken care of. Or if we have parties, I'm definitely more, always the host yeah, of parties. Right. Yeah. So, and these are good things. Like mm -hmm. they, they're not like shadow sides. Like, there's a lot of like toxic traits that come with us stuff too, though. Right. And that's where like you really have to dig deep. So like last night I was reading this book, Adam's playing video games. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, do you want to hear about this this section of like your shadow work? And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like reading off this checklist of things he's supposed to be doing like work wise. And he's like, yeah, you can stop reading now. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> And that's the hard part about, I think of just humanity in general as like, we want to hear these cool things about ourselves. Right. We don't want to see how the sausage gets made sometimes though. Mm -hmm. And, and that's really the growth <clears throat> part of it. And that's where I feel like, um, I mean, like I, I have done my own work, but like, I like helping people through that stuff of like, did you ever think about this or what about this? And like poking the bear a little bit right? just to kind of, not to play the devil's advocate, but to like to get that person to see things from a different perspective. And mm -hmm. I think that that's important because we can fall into these patterns so quickly and mm -hmm. so easily mm -hmm. because they're like habits. And that's what makes us kind of a zombie to these traits. Yeah, that's it. I love the way that you described that or that she described that as that was Beatrice, right? Yeah. The zombie thing is, yeah, that makes so much sense because that's like your... But it reminds me of like waking, wake, waking, un, unwaking life, you know. <clears throat> but does she? That that was interesting too. After you got to the third person, and they're this kind of zombie, that kind of zombie. Does she mean like after you can can go through that spectrum, like of enlightenment, of for sure that that you become so, a conscious being, right? right? Or, so she she kind of gives um, the beginning. Of each type is a chapter. And she starts it with kind of like a story about who this type was as a child okay. and kind of what what made them become what they are, you know, as far as like the zombie part goes. Um, and then it gives like a little checklist, like, do you identify with these typical traits? And then it takes you into like, here are your like the typical patterns of like a seven here are the things that a, pat, a seven would really seek out. It talks about their wings and how those are opportunities for growth. Mm -hmm. And then it talks about the shadow work. So like for Mike, for example. <laughs> um, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on. Hit me. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pick one. Uh, this is for your shadow work. So these okay. are like suggestions of things you should kind of work on. Um you should recognize how keeping your options open until the last minute leads to letting people down when you abruptly back out of commitments and promises. Yeah. And and that's where Adam was like, 
change the book. Go away. <laughs> because it's hard. It, it's hard to hear yeah. those things are, um, you know, the work to be done. So then she yeah. talks about the shadow work and like blind spots that we have uh-huh. as each type. Um, it's also really comforting too, though. Like, it is. It, as, as hard it, it, as it is to listen to, yeah, it's comforting because yeah. like it gives a reason, a method to the madness. Um, it does talk a little bit about subtypes. Um, so there are centers of intelligence, which is like another aspect of the Enneagram. There's heart types, head types, and body types. So three of each within um, each of the three aspects. Mike and I are both head types. Five, six, and seven are head types. Okay. We do a lot of thinking. Um, sometimes to our own demise, we overthink things or we think too grandly about things. We, we, if you think of the five, I, we dive inside to thinking. Right. We have high anxiety. The sixes have high anxiety because they're overthinking every situation. The sevens have a high anxiety because they don't always want to think. They want to just do a thing. And then they realize after the fact, I probably should have thought more <laughs> about that. <laughs> and so then there's the heart type, which is two, three, and four. Those are the highly emotional types. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel all the feelings. Twos are feeling the feelings of others, more like empathetic but not always empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, threes are kind of reading the room. That's why they're kind of a chameleon. And fours are like in the pit, deep feel feelings and that no one's ever going to feel the way that I feel. They're super dramatic. In the and pit, Mashi. In the pit, yeah. And then uh, the one, eight, nine. Eight, eight, nine, and one, yeah, are the body types. And they're, okay. I have a tough time with the body types. A, because I'm not a body type. And this is like, this was my shadow work. And she always says, like, do the body work before the head work. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard for me when I think about, like, should I sit and read this book or should I work out? Mm-hmm. I will always sit and read the book. <laughs> I will not work out. Um, but they're, they're more, like, um, intuitive or, like, they think from their gut. I have a gut feeling about this. Mm-hmm. We're, like, eights. They're driven by their gut feeling. Is that that's, where that term comes from? I think I heard it on Pete's podcast where he's, like, let the body figure out what the mind can't. Yeah. Like, the whole work, mm-hmm. like working out thing. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. where the nines, like, they don't have any gut feelings because they allow, mm. they have the gut feelings of everyone around them. And then the ones want to control all of their gut feelings. Okay. And that's why they're, they can be so, like, not close-minded, but, like, the perfectionism of, like, I need to feel this certain way. Right, I need right, to right. look this certain way. So, so, yeah, then, Roberta, do you remember what, what Theresia is? Like from well, our I mean, customers, because like today we had this conversation. Like after Tracy woke up, she's like, "You know what? I was just thinking about in another life, I would totally be this slob, <laughs> like not you know, like getting you know, sitting in my pajamas, you know, drinking yeah. and smoking and swearing, and just not giving a shit." And, yeah. and she's like, "What made me so am- ambitious and stuff?" And I thought, "Well, you know," and I was, I was just like, "You know, I think maybe trying to get the attention." you know, the gratitude from your dad. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's hard. There's, there's a lot of debate about whether you should type other people. Um, and in my line of work, like this is my whole thing is like typing kids and like, how do I figure out who this kid is so I can better communicate with them? Um, so she might not agree with the typing that I observe of her because I am the observer. Um, I do think she's a little bit of a type three, you know, she is very yeah, high achieving. That. She's a really driven person. When she has her mindset on something, she she definitely attains her goals. Um, 
she's a little bit of an eight in that way of like, she, she makes it happen and she will stand up to people. I don't know if that's just because she's German or if that's just who she is, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard because yeah. the cultural differences are there as sure. well. Yeah. Um, yeah. She can she can assert it. I love, that's what I love about her, though. Yeah. She gets it done. Yeah, and she just asks <laughs> but, questions. She doesn't have any fear about talking sure. to someone about. Yeah. 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 So I guess in like in a in a work sense or a business sense, I would have to see her like in the classroom because she's a teacher too. Yeah. And there's a lot of three teachers. There's a lot of eight teachers because like, let's just get it done. There's a lot of type one and two teachers though. Like they're usually younger teachers, like preschool, kindergarten, first grade where like they're so sweet and loving and yeah. I'm just not that either. <laughs> um, but if she is a three, that would make a lot of sense because when you look at, there's lines that interconnect each of these types. So not just your wing, but when you look at the actual symbol, there's these interconnecting lines that we lean upon. And that can be really interesting. So if she's a three, that means she's also a six and also a nine, depending on if she's in like a, a time of stress or a time of support. Because she is very like thoughtful about the plan and and really like, cares about like what's going to happen to her kids and like and the things that a six would worry about the anxieties that a six would have yeah. but then she would also be connected to a nine which is like the slothfulness that is their like shadow work is like they want to do nothing they hold in anger <laughs> they don't express their anger because they don't want to make people upset but mm. they bubble over eventually and they want to just like and she had that, that that has to be there because of her colitis where that started yeah. from and that's in keeping things in, you know, for sure. Yeah. And just keeping it in. And, and a nine is a body type. So that's the interesting part is that she's one of each. If she's a three, she's a heart type. She's a head type and she's a body type depending on the, like the setting or the circumstances where that's not always the case in other it's, types. It's so funny. Like that. It's so funny. We, we have this funny joke. My godfather, uncle Dave, who's not with us anymore, you know, like he, people were raving about Theresia when she first came to visit, you know, in 2004. <laughs> and, and my dad is just like, yeah, you know, this girl that, you know, Mike met when he was in Milan. And then, and then my uncle Dave's like, oh, she's the full package. <laughs> <laughs> but that's funny. That and you're she saying, is. Yeah, like, yeah. if you think about it that way, like she is the full package of the Enneagram too. She covers kind of, I mean, yeah. we all are the full package, but. But, She's and, definitely the full yeah. package for Mike. But that's funny that she you're saying that you because grounded. she exactly what you're saying with the nine, with those two relations, the other thing is exactly yeah. what she was kind of like wondering about this morning, not having any, we weren't diagnosing, you know, or, or trying right, to right. find a type, but she was just saying like, what is it that makes me so ambitious and, and, and striving for all this to study and to, to travel abroad and mm -hmm. to show up her boyfriend who who was afraid to travel and such so like, well, I'm going to do it first, you know, and like just yeah. went off and, and went to New York as an au pair. And, and then at the same time where she's just like, I remember one time it was really getting stressful with school and stuff. And she was like, well, maybe I would work for the Chanel logistic. And I'm like, well, what would you tell the principal oh, that I got more money? <laughs> and I was like, how can you just be so how can you do that how could you just let that go you know and yeah. but of course she's like no i'm you know i'm i'm staying with it with the kids and 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 actually 
it's funny that I gave her for her birthday this thing called the life activation because she was really, mm-hmm. really coming back from the summer break and, you know, with COVID then looming and things going in sh- um, shut down and stuff again. Hold on. She, yeah, I gave her this thing where it was like, this this life activation is based on something that King Solomon was doing, mm-hmm. and, and it's about crystals and the power of crystals and being there right. over such a long t- period of time, and, and you open yourself up to find your true, like, divine self, and yeah. and, sh- and she I she said that there was a huge difference at that. At, at, at first, she's just like, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer, and I jump in but I was just like hey I want to try this with Tracy and I, I sat down I showed her like a video and I said are you ready for this or would you be open to do this because that's what the woman said she's like you can't force someone to come here like they're gonna yeah, get nothing out of for it bandwidth. Yeah. but but at this at the same time she she it's it's taken a toll and for Christmas the woman who gave us gave us these blue vials that's you know, one for the morning, one at night with this crystal water and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she's always teasing me, you know, because I'm taking <laughs> my seven drops. Your crystal water. <laughs> she's, she, her, her ears must be ringing because oh, she's she calling, calling you. <laughs> right yeah. now. But anyways, it, I just, it's a fascinating thing and, and the way that the world intertwines <clears throat> and yeah, it's just so exciting this like you should pick up the call and put her on live on the microphone it's like a sick nightmare here here here. hold on this that's a great idea hello teresia teresia didn't work don't do this to her yeah okay but you guys talk amongst yourselves let me just (laughs) we already talked about Teresa, so we'll we'll go back to talking to adam um so we talked i just want to know how much it costs to join your cult with the blue vials (laughs) (laughs) i can show you right here yeah actually wait that hey adam there was a thing that's happening and i was even trying to think about how could i change my flight to go to berlin to this workshop about divine geometry and like letting pillars of light come into the spaces. Do it. Do you have to be naked? Whatever. <laughs> you are a body type, Adam. You're being so judgy. I'm not. No, he's not a body okay. type. He's a heart type. But when he's in times of stress, he releases back to the type eight, which is like unemotional, cold, stone wall. <laughs> I'm not feeling feels. Thanks, mother. Thanks for you, those traits. It's true. But then when you're feeling like super secure, you lean into type four, which is like super creative, very emotional of your own emotions and it's become true. more like heart centered. But true. you don't have a head center, which I think is super interesting as a two. Like hmm. you do so much thinking about how you feel and and like what feels good all the time and how other people's feel. People feels. People feel, (laughs) but you don't like think like you're not, (laughs) that sounds wrong, but like, you know what I I mean? That like, you don't like to sit in thought in, in thinking thoughts, those thinking thoughts, like train wreck off into feelings. Right. 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 Yeah. I think that's interesting. But like, but me, like if I'll, I'll turn back on me. Well, no, the thoughts. Yeah. The thoughts is where. If I sit and think, then the anxiety comes. Right. So then, yeah, I don't want to do that. Right. That's I don't so want to do that. So I'm just going to go become <laughs> an eight. And then, or I'm going to go into the four and like, I'll just make something out of this. Right, thoughts. right, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas like, for me as a five, I'm a five four though. So like, I I am creative in my anxiety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my anxiety wears bow ties. <clears throat> um, 
I go to a seven when I'm at my low side. When I'm in times of stress, I become a seven. Really? I become super, I mean, what we would label as ADHD. ADHD that like I'm flighty I start a bunch of things but I never finish them like think about all these projects around our house that I'm always (laughs) starting and I don't finish I get like excited about travel but then I never buy the ticket and get on the plane and it's because I'm like trying to find a sense of control I'm floating around in in my knowledge can't anchor me here I don't know what I'm doing so Mm -hmm. I'm drowning whereas when I'm actually feeling like a healthy five leans into that eight, which is interesting. And I become more assertive and I stand up for myself and I set boundaries and I tell people what I'm thinking as opposed to just holding my thoughts in my head all the time. I love that ticking. I can hear your ticking. (laughs) Sorry. That's (laughs) Hey, I'm really, what's happening. Yeah. We, um, well, Teresa, you have to leave to go to your sex cult with Teresa. <laughs> Stop it! No, we, we because because of my planning ahead and because of my wing, you know, of the six, and I was I'm just typing to my friend Katie that I knew since she was born and grew up with, and I had my first job on her family farm. We're meeting them, and they live in Wamatosa, and I just told Tracy, yeah, "You go there," and and um, I told her we were talking about. She's like, "Don't talk about me on that podcast." Okay, I would <laughs> but, like just. I said, don't, don't, don't do call Teresa. But I said, I said, oh, I said, you know, I, I said, I actually, I, I want to go there. So I told our friends that we'll be, you know, half hour late, and then I'm just going to drive there directly, and they'll meet up with me. And there you go. but yeah, no, this is good. This is this is a sign that there is calls during the day it means that I'm not staying up past, you know, way past my a, a good bedtime hour and. You know, th- life happens and you can choose to say, hey, wait a minute, I just got to stop. Let me take this call and then get back into it, mm-hmm. you know, because there's never yep. that perfect oh, situation. And, and that's- she has something great to say about that, too. When you are <laughs> living your high side, you are yeah. operating from a sense of reason and emotional steadiness and you are grounded in self-confidence rather than being swept away by impulses and fantasies. So that's what that's you, that's, look that's, at you. that's what it's wait she that's what Beatrice wrote about yeah. when I'm in my moment even when though, yes when you are like being healthy as a seven and like yeah. doing the work and honoring yourself you are operating from a sense of reason and emotional steadiness and you are grounded in self confidence rather than being swept away by impulses and fantasies. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I, no, I gotta <clears throat> tell you guys that this this thing about the life. Um, life yeah. activation and it's just it's it's funny how these things are so connected with light and and I was talking to my counselor who mm-hmm. she was totally getting in on this too and it was really funny she's like oh my god you know about this right I just actually had a life activation she said if you think of therapy think of it as the light the more you shine the light the less is the darkness there mm-hmm. the more light you mm-hmm. have in your life so she said, think of therapy as just you are shining the light on what you usually kind of just kept in the dark. You right. Know? That's why that- it's called shadow work because it's in the dark <laughs> for sure. Have you um, heard anything about what's called human design? You should look into that too. It's a, it's in the same vein as the Enneagram of like. I think I wrote a song about it called Real- I know. <laughs> just you would be interested though if you're doing this light work. Yeah. Um, it's called human design. 
Um, I'm a manifesting generator. There's like these different kind of like um, subsets or kind of titles, patterns. I mean, all this is the thing that I'm always telling my kids. So I am a teacher. I teach 12 year olds. I actually put my kids through the Enneagram test. I want them to discover their identity, especially at age 12. Young adolescents, they want to know who they are. They're on the path. And so I give them Enneagram tests. We, we do a lot of Enneagram work in my classroom. Um, human design is a lot of part of that, though. And my friend, who's also a teacher, she she really kind of got into human design as well. And the the correlations between all of these different theories and ideas and practices, you know, and you can be spiritual to go back to kind of our original conversation about like integrating like the church with a capital C Mm -hmm. into these ideas. Like you can still have your faith. You can still be religious or whatever and, and understand and respect the, the philosophies, the paths that, whatever is taking you down, whether it's God taking you down these paths or like the universe giving these opportunities or you're manifesting these things in your life that like we, there's enough space for all of us. And I I, think that that's really important. I I loved it. When you were telling me about um, the guy that was the kind of the, the motive, the mentor for the the guy in Omaha, I forget. What's the other guy's name? His name is Chris Heward. But but the the guy that was the motivator for him, John, that was a friar. Oh, Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr, like what Richard I was looking Rohr. up because recently Spirit of Space this year we we've um, there was a new space in Philadelphia, this kind of um, Saint Bartholomew's. It's a Catholic college, and there's a place for these Jesuits, uh-huh. and there was this new kind of architecture, and they were talking about this um, what's his name, Alupa. Alupa was the name, and it was a Jesuit who figured out from the Gregorian calendar. Like mm-hmm. everything that we use for our calendar today, he made that. He was, you know, a man of science and stuff. And that's, yeah. I was so fascinated. And I just looked up and it said, um, are Jesuits and um, friars the same? And they said, Jesuits are celebrated for their complexity. Franciscans are admired for their simplicity. And <laughs> and that's so, so such a cool yin and yang. Yeah, and I just, for sure. to me, it was such a cool thing because I grew up Catholic you know, my mom was a Sunday school teacher. And for me to know that this exciting scientific, you know, philosophy mm-hmm. of how people interact, you know, actually has some roots that other people were talking in like, you know, nine different divine ways to God. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so reaffirming to say like, yeah, it, th- these are all just people's thoughts because we're all just guessing. And it's yeah, fun it's to all talk about it. And I think that the like, for me, the work that I do, whether it's with the Enneagram or executive functioning skills or or anything that I kind of get into, as woo as it sounds, it really is just the math of the heart is what I like to call it. And like, I was not a student of math. Like I, I really hated math growing up. I was really bad at it. And the more I understood that like patterns are part of our life, and math is just patterns and and we all follow patterns emotional patterns behavioral patterns patterns of numbers nature like it's all interconnected and in there's space for all of us there's space for church there's space for not church um and and yeah the the, the idea of like simplicity especially as a 7 that's what 7 strive for and the, and the high side of the 7 is like i can live simply 
and still be happy and, and be fill up their backpack with simplicity. tons of stuff though the constantly you want to be simple but then you always are making it more complex you're, yeah you're gathering of course and it's the same with the five though and and we're always you're gathering like stuff or experiences where i'm gathering knowledge i'm just reading reading and consuming and consuming and that's why I'm the Grinch. I'm withholding all of these things. My heart is three sizes too small <laughs> because I haven't felt the feels. Mm -hmm. And it, it's okay to let those feels go. Just like it's okay to let the opportunity go, you know, and to let someone else's happiness or approval go. It's all part of the work. Right. It's all about control, honestly. And like, didn't you guys write a song about that? Control? About control? Yeah. Yeah. And so... <laughs> <laughs> so, I would, yes. Mr. Grinch. Oh, Which is man. ironic because I just had my students before break. We like we analyzed that song like poetically and we understood like the stanza. They had to write their own verse. Um oh, yeah. with okay. like the iambic pentameter, all those things, like oh. this the science of poetry. And I was like, oh god, that's me. Hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, no, we did have a song called Control. Yeah. That's all life is about. It's like our false sense of control, what we think we're controlling, mm -hmm. it's all just an illusion. Right. What are you looking up, Mike? Yeah, I was I was looking at like, man, let's I wanna just I'm so full right now and I wanna put some of this stuff to to be do some freestyle. So, Wait, so, can I just can yeah, I just yeah. end with of one course, course, little quote? Because I, I always like to end with like quotes or things on my podcast. Um this is from Elizabeth O'Connor. And I think that really like sums up our conversation. And she says that each of us has something to give that no one else has. I think that's really powerful. That's good. That's awesome. Each of us has something to give that no, that one, no else one else has. Else. Like even though we're all of these things, we're still so unique in right. all of these things. That's awesome. Beautiful. I'm just writing it down. No, it's it's yeah. it's super beautiful, and that's and that's what you need to remember. No matter what you know, you're working on the shadow work, and 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 actually, Roberta, this is so fascinating because it's like, you know, this. I think this is actually like the first podcast where the guest wasn't just something within the context of Adam and me making music. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Tim or even Joel. Yeah, you know. Yeah. We fit sure. nice into Joel's format, but that was their fo their format on right. you know the what the fuck is wrong with people podcast. But this is so awesome because I feel so enriched, and this was more about like we went into the theme. I didn't even think about it. I mean, maybe that's probably <laughs> that's a good reason we didn't think this through too much. But I really feel like we pulled out stuff because of you know your personal connection with both Adam and I. But it, it's just, it's it's so beautiful. And I'm excited to work on this. And I think that, too, the, the idea of changing patterns, you know, being mm -hmm. patterns, being a part of the life is stuff that could just work with, like, the rhythm of a song. And, For sure. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe even just, like, um, maybe we can even make it really simple. Like, if you just decided to, to, you didn't have to, like, sit and track and think of a song, but you could just kind of, like, play some different patterns or scales or something mm -hmm. on, on the on your cello that adam could sample it and rework it that's something that like you could easily commit to and not overthink <laughs> can know? i give one short plug though before we go <laughs> yeah oh, of course. Please. so if you like obviously there's so much rich literature out there and research out there about the enneagram i've talked a lot about um 
my dear friend Beatrix. I don't really know her, but Beatrice Chestnut. <laughs> um, I wish I knew her. But there is a great podcast, no offense, guys, but a great podcast called The Sleeping at Last Podcast. Um, it's about it's from a guy named Ryan. He's from Chicago, which I, that drew me in right away as being a Chicago native. He has really dove into the Enneagram along with Chris Hewitts, who I see as like an expert in the Enneagram. Um, he's out of Omaha. But if you want to know more in, about each of these types, I think he has an episode that he has created for each type because he wrote a song specifically for each of these Enneagram types. And we heard about it first, I think from Pete Holmes, actually. Yeah. And Pete Holmes, his quote is like, you listen to all the songs and whichever one makes you cry is your type because it hits you so deeply. It's such a resonating feeling and understanding. And it is not even necessarily about like the lyrics because I think I hear the music before I hear the lyrics when I listen to his work. Um, but if you're interested more in in connecting the Enneagram with music, the Sleeping at Last podcast, um, Sleeping at Last is like his whatever musical mm -hmm. nomenclature, I don't yep. know, band name. He's not really a band, but project. Um, project, I'm sure. And so he's written lots of songs, but um, he he does dive into the Enneagram more deeply. And he has only musicians who identify as that type perform on that type's song, which I think is super, super cool. Yeah. So this is kind of like a nod to or an homage to Sleeping at, at Last podcast of like our own version of how to integrate the Enneagram. Into for, the sure, for sure, for sure. And I think, um, I think what we should do is similar to last the last episode, where we just let behind the curtain a little bit and like let Mike take do a couple different takes of freestyling over the same song. And so I took um, I wrote Roberta's intro song for her podcast. So I took that and I extended it a little bit and put a different remix a little bit to make it a little bit more cohesive for Mike. And let's, what do you think we should do? Should we pick? I have words, like a single word if he wants to <clears> For each type. That. What would you prefer to do, Mike? Yeah. Do you want to like but it looks like he's got a lot take a stab here. at yeah, each I, type? Or what, yeah. or do you want to just like have, you know, say, hey, let's talk about twos? Or do you, what do you want to do? Actually, yeah. I mean, before we did like, you know, three songs, we did three tries at this thing but i i actually i mean filling out these notes you know i have two pages of notes and then drawings okay. and stuff like i think i should just try one or and we we, we talk about it after because i think i th let me just try to throw a bunch of stuff out there yeah. and then roberta can also like assess and, and think of some of the things she wrote or you know yeah, let's, let's just do go. it organically yeah, we exactly. can take as many times as we want let's do it but I just got to say, Roberta was like, oh, my God, Roberta's basically making a plug for who our next guest should be on this. And, like, we talked about <laughs> her subconsciously. I was talking about you from the last podcast, and I was like, I'm just I'm going to Chicago next week. I'm going to find out where this guy lives. I'm going to listen to all the podcasts before I go there. And hold I'm on, show hold up on, hold on. His door Are we like... diving into fantasies? <laughs> like, let's, let's reel back the seven. And I appreciate your excitement. Yeah. I want you to sit on it. I want okay. you to just digest it. And yeah. then if it happens, it happens. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like indulging. It's it's good to see it, it that it's way because, yeah. because that's what you're saying to me before about like, okay, your position of strength is when you're really rational and, 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 mm -hmm. and confident because you, you thought through the fantasy, but typically it's like, yeah, this last year being in COVID being isolated, forced not to say, 
We're going to jump in the deep end. Yeah. And so I think that that, that's, that's really funny to say that because even then, as I'm laughing and saying this, it's just as intense as it always was when I come up with an idea. Yeah. But yeah, but, but, but that I'm not doing that from that position of strength and it would, it would freak that person out. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I guess my advice, like whatever my therapy hat advice would be for sevens particularly is let's just sit on it for a second, put a pin in it, take a breath and like let it settle because the last thing I want to do is ever like, I don't ever want to make a seven particularly, but like any kid, like if they're enthusiastic about something, you want them to stay jived about something. You don't want to like poo poo everything that they do, (laughs) but you do want them to take a breath and like, is, is this going to work? I want you to think about it. And then my, like as a teacher, I'd say, come back to me with a plan. And usually (laughs) creating the plan is enough for a seven to be like, I'm over it. (laughs) I don't really want to make a commitment to a plan. (laughs) And it's enough to like to settle in it. But I love that you're enthusiastic about it. And I think that it is a person that you and your company would actually really connect with on a different level. So even if it's not a podcast thing. That's called sleeping at last, right? Sleeping at last. Yeah, his name is Ryan. Um, that just, you know, uh, put it in the universe connection kind of thing. All right here. Let's, yeah. So this is you guys who are, have listened to Roberta's podcast, got in the side. Um, Adam put some beats and stuff behind it just to give us a kind of rough track and let's, let's take some, let's take a, uh, a stab at it. So here, let's go. Yo, test, test. And the heart, it gets down, it intertwines with any point of discussion where we relate to each other. And it's part of the percussion, the patterns of that we bring to each other's life. We only got one gift, let's give it right. Let's honor everything and how we've made our life into connect with God and divine spirituality. I'm here, check out my duality, cause I'm here in parallel when I'm dreaming and I feel like I'm in hell, then there's some relation to that deep inside my cells. As they divide every seven years, I'm not gonna be hide because I'm always 76, like I'm the gas station filling up orange hair and there's no potters those colors so it's all fucked up but yo it's all the same and i'm not here to blame i'm just here to pitter patter like the rain pitter patter like the rain ping it back so you gonna stand up with an umbrella you're just gonna open your arms and lay back let that hit your tongue these things gonna make you feel numb if you think about it i got two pages and we only have one discussion how many 300 pages be a just what you got it's pental percussion and we're all Putting a pin to wait for a better time. I love it. Okay, that was so. (laughs) Bert is crying. (laughs) Wow. I'm crying. (laughs) Because I took crying because I'm a five and I only let my feelings out once a year. (laughs) No, because I think that um, this is it. Like. No, like this is it. Like when you can put a, a word mm-hmm. to your feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what is so important about music in general is that it it marries 
the feeling with the word. Right. And for someone to be able to just like pull it out of their head is like amazing to me <laughs> as a fake musician. I, I can't do that. And so it's, fake, I'm, yeah, I'm crying not. good cries. It's a good feel. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Feeling the feel. If you're not wow. crying, something's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great, Mike. And I sounded good. Then, I mean, okay. I feel, I feel like, yeah, they, that's, that's so cool. Um, that, I would like to now like switch to kind of like Roberta, what what were you thinking? Because for me, it's kind of just like, hey, just get it all out of there. You know, like yeah. I, I took yeah, some yeah, notes yeah. and now I'm up on stage and I'm, I put down the note cards or something. And but that was really fun away, to me. Like what, it, what did you take away from what what you decided to rap about? Is that what yeah. You mean? yeah, I think that's amazing. Like the quick digestion. I think that's awesome. OK, so what I had kind of like written off to the side though was if we're not mike did the high side mm -hmm. i'm going to do the, the shadow work side okay. more mm -hmm. on this idea of like you guys wrote a song a hundred years ago called control right mm -hmm. wasn't it called control yeah and when i think back to that song i'm just like we all have this sense of what we think we're controlling, which is just a lie. We're just lying to ourselves. Mm -hmm. But these are like the nine aspects of control um, that each of the nine types thinks that they're actually controlling. So I'm just going to read them and then Mike, whatever you digest out of that. Does that make sense? Sorry, I was on mute. Um, that's okay. So that's, there is this kind of that, that's the backside of what, Right. Like how people this is like the shadow themselves? work of like we we think we're doing this thing when actually we're just trying to control this other thing. This this like false okay. sense of control. And these are the controls that Got it. are are flawed, I guess. Okay. Go. So like the one yeah. is trying to control the rules. Okay. Right? They're they're so perfect because of the rules. They're trying to control the rules, but the rules like that it's all fake. The two is trying to control what others think about them. Ooh, I hit a chord with Adam on that one. <laughs> um, the threes are trying to control success through busyness. The fours are trying to control their pain as sadness. Wait, as sadness? Yeah. Like they would rather be sad than feel any other feeling because sad comes quickly to them. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. The fives are trying to control their bandwidth, like how much energy they really have. Okay. The sixes are trying to control chaos. Like they feel that their world is constant chaos. Okay. The sevens are trying to control freedom. Or this sense of freedom, right? A false sense of freedom. The eights are controlling their armor. Like their guard has to be up all the time. And the nines are controlling other people's happiness. And so when we look at those senses of control, and they seem... Like they they do hit a chord. You're like, oh my god, I do that, right, right. and it's so foolish that I think that I have that power. Right. But that is like that's our safety net. Of like as long as I'm doing this, I'm controlling this thing. Like everything's gonna be okay. Right, right. But it's when we take away that stuff 
then we're like, ah, oh, I'm drowning. <laughs> so I have an idea. Since okay. you just yeah. <clears throat> gave you those, what if you do another take, and this time you speak to the three of our the shadow stuff, mm. you know? Just so our like, types? yeah, the what you just gave him. So seven, so seven is seven. controlling freedom. Yeah, Two okay. is controlling how other controlling how other people think. Five about them, yeah, the too. And five is what? Controlling our bandwidth. Controlling bandwidth. Or the, the uh, amount of energy. So you could just like have, the topics would be bandwidth, freedom, and what other people think. Just, Unless there was other stuff that came out of like the yeah, control aspect. Yeah, that was just an idea I had though. Hey, Adam, just real quick. I, do you <clears throat> remember what, what what is the first verse of that, of control? Something like to each decision I make. Hang on. I have it. Let me find it. No way. Matt, you came from Chicago. All right. Mike's voice sounds so little. Like a little kid. Control. Okay, lads, take it from the top. Control of the task at hand and rock the mic in hand. Have control, god damn.
the hands about to ruin What you're doing is pursuing These words break down as life Keep in control of what you're doing From the hands about to ruin What you're doing is pursuing And the words break down as life But no one keep That's funny <clears throat> The way in which my dreams remember me would that fits the way what you were talking about with your mm-hmm. dreams. So you could use, you could reuse some of that stuff. <clears throat> yeah, that that's I want I I want to do it. It's I want to figure out what those lyrics were because that would be so funny if there was something that was just so true to everything that I've been working through, like you know, such yeah. a long time ago, twenty years ago, yeah. right? And and it was like I was already saying those things, and I you know still struggling with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's but usually the reason I asked for Adam like what's the the remember the first verse is because it's like that's what's that's why I would always look at you sometimes if I was like you could see it in my eyes like oh shit I don't know oh you forgot the lyrics and I so forgot the lyrics and all I need is like started. the first things you know like f- for two steps yeah. is always the song and like Adam would just like mouth it out and then I'd be like okay got it and then <laughs> I feel like that too I have to know like the first five notes and then i'm like oh i gotta know that goes back even to happy hour because i remember playing the sunset bowl show and my girlfriend at the time jesse having to stand in the front row and mouth the lyrics to that emf unbelievable song to you <laughs> so you remembered it <laughs> i'm gonna go put on my number free i'm gonna put on my number seven Yay! shirt with my, my long arm shirt that i got as a present from Roberta, or you could actually tell us where do you get those clothes, and then, then you can really be labeled uh, as your Enneagram type. I think it was from Enneagram and Coffee. They have their, she has her own podcast as well. Ooh, that's, I'm, I'm plugging something I'm not really sure of right now. Um, but yes, there there was a shirt, a long sleeve tee, that, and that's a shout out to the office as well, an office joke of the long sleeve tee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that I got for Mike and it just, it's very simple. Um, any Grim and coffee that is her podcast. Um, and it, it has just like a simple word in script, like a handwriting, hand lettering script. And it's like a single word that kind of resonates with each of the types. And of course the type seven is free and we all laugh because like that is Mike should just get a tattoo of that on his body at this point. His constant comment for, gosh, almost two decades of knowing him now, it's like, I just want to be free of this. I just right. want to, I want to have the freedom to do this thing. And um, I think he was probably the easiest to type <laughs> off the bat, but for sure, yeah. Hey, I, I, re- I recently watched that a documentary, 60 Minutes, about Tony Bennett. You know, he was doing his last um, concert at Radio City Music Hall and they did two times and he was working with Lady Gaga and mm-hmm. like he suffers from um, dementia, like really, really bad where he doesn't even know the people he's with or his wife or in oh, like, wow. but when he's on stage like that, puts that person in that that realm really? and he just and yeah it's it's a really good if you look up 60 minutes with tony bennett um and uh it's, that's something to be said for like muscle memory then yeah, it's yeah. like really, if it has really, really resonated he, in your deep he, psyche and he knew it and he's can... like everyone lady gaga and he literally like lady gaga's like cried because she said like literally we would be you know practicing through the songs and and i knew he didn't know yeah, who I was. Yeah, I've seen like a couple. I don't think it was. I don't. I'm not on TikTok, so it wasn't TikTok. But it was like an Instagram video of this girl. A real. 
Huh? A reel. It was a reel. <laughs> Shut up. <clears throat> no, it was her grandfather had Alzheimer's and um, she was playing piano in the room and like she, he oh, didn't yeah. know who she was, but then she started playing piano and he walked over and like put his hand on her yeah. hand or whatever. And he like knew instantly who yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Amazing. there's something to be said for that for sure. Uh, so I'm telling you like <clears throat> the integration of music at yeah. the molecular level is so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It made you we cry. Go, we go beyond our control. So here, let's, let's do another yeah. track at that. Yeah. And then whatever comes up. Okay. So yeah, let's just go through the, the shadow work. Right. And yep. Okay. Let's do it. Surprise, like any disguise, I'm coming out from the Shadowland Where you got your plans, it's the control, it's like a rubber band Snap, I pull it back and it's out of your hands So you just gotta watch it snap the balloon It's, it's a hole in your hand But it's all a false sense of security blanket I burn it up, tile it was like a trinket And we're watching your brain pour out slow Blood from the control, the bandwidth, all much so you can know There's never enough, you could just hide in a book Take another look, and everyone, everyone is just a crook Stealing your time for attention, and that's why you wanna be free I gotta be free from this mess, society is always pulling me And they want every little part, and if I hold it, I'm only for the best But I can't remember when to press start, and when to press pause Because I'm just confide in my own self it's like gauze i just keep taking and all this thing i want to pull away but yo what are the other people thinking and what i got to say that's the same thing because people ain't thinking about nothing but themselves so always bring that transparency in your step of life and anything else you do you could cut yourself with the knife because it's just like that it just stops there's no preparation and what the people think they're all on vacation of ego land and how we can understand just trying to be a better friend to be a better man that's awesome that was great mike <laughs> you're on it are your knees sweating <sighs> yes yeah, sweating knees <laughs> knees are sweating <laughs> my eyes are sweating again. yeah crying again. <laughs> it's it's so relieving mm, to it's beautiful that this is literally this is this is it this is this is off you know the top of the head like this is the part where we just played and we connected with the people and like we connected and we did justice and celebrated our conversation, you know, and it's, and I'm in that moment and I didn't have time to think about anything else, but just reaching for what I see around, you know, like, like, mm -hmm. so this I episode I'm, is called top of the heart. Ooh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I, I'm so happy. This, this was so much fun with you guys. I can't wait to, I, I really am excited to, to number one, you know, have you, Roberta, just try to, to put some things out there and we can look at patterns. I think that could really open up the song to, mm -hmm. to try to think about these things, like a visual kind of graph. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, Adam. Yeah. Let's, I'm really excited to work on this with you. Yeah. No, I think this is great. We covered, we, this was a long one. This is good, good content. Good, two, good content. Two hours. So yeah, let's <clears throat> let everyone have, yeah, have a wonderful, happy new year. This was really cool to be together with you guys, and I look forward to to always, yeah, 
connecting in the future. Yeah. Yep. Everybody check out Roberta's podcast, Got on the Side, if you want to hear more. And supposedly she's working on a book also. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's a long road. <laughs> we were at the bookstore yesterday and I was in like whatever, like this self-help section. And that was my manifestation. I took a picture. I was like, I'm going to yeah. be on this bookshelf someday. There you go. There you go. Put it out there. That's beautiful. <clears throat> All right, Mikey. We love you. Love you too. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And all right, we'll see you next time. Yeah, in Germany we say Guten Rutsch in the Neusjahr, like a, a slide into the new year that it's just, you know, <laughs> I like that. some letters. All right, yeah, you guys. You know. Until all next right, time. Love you. Bye. Bye.